Hello, and thank you so much for joining us here today. This is Hannah Hassler, your host, and you are listening to Rorschach, Your Reality, the podcast. This is all about taking another look at how you perceive your life, the stories you tell yourself, and the power you have to make change. Our guest today is named Karen, and she is joining us remotely to share a little bit about her life and experiences. Uh, So I would love to start out, Karen, if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are. Sure. Thanks for having me. I'm really glad to be here. I am a National Board Certified Health and Wellness Coach and founder of Rebalance Wellbeing. I work with really busy women who risk chronic health conditions because they constantly put their needs last. I work with them to take better care of themselves through mindset, healthy living, and uh, happiness practices so that they can put the time and energy into their dreams, goals, and priorities first. Uh, at least some of the time. I'm really passionate about helping as many women as possible pursue a fulfilling career while raising a happy and healthy family, all without sacrificing well-being. Oh, I love that. And I I think so often when we start thinking family and career and and can we have it all, you know, we don't even think that much about our actual mental health and our internal life. <laughs> um, and, and sometimes we really kind of miss that when we're pursuing all of these other elements of life. I think that's true. I think, you know, we, we feel we have so much to do and, and we do, we have a lot to do <laughs> and we're so intent on doing it well. We just kind of put our heads down and just push through and because of that, we're not always maybe as intentional in our choices um, as we'd like. Yes, oh, I definitely identify with just putting your head down, pushing through, making stuff happen. <laughs> um, right. Yes, that's, I think that's, that's very typical. Uh, at least I know for myself it has been. So Karen, one of the reasons you're here, you're interested in being on the podcast is because you've experienced some significant shifts in your own mindset and and kind of internal well-being that you are willing to talk about. So could you give us a little bit of information about your backstory? Sure. So I am a mother of three and a stepmother of four. All of them are in their 20s, so kind of at a really nice place in parenting where um, they're all really pretty doing well on themselves, and we just provide backup and support when needed. Uh, I like to call myself a a thriver of divorce, which was my, without a doubt, most difficult life event. Um, And as a result of kind of the extreme and chronic stress, uh, I'm also a survivor of a 15-year odyssey with Lyme disease. Oh, my goodness. And for people who might not be super familiar, can you just kind of sum up what is Lyme's disease? So Lyme disease, uh, you contract it from uh, an infected tick. Mm-hmm. And the tick basically has, um, 
has bacteria that causes, uh, man, it can cause anything to go wrong in your, in your body. And uh, the bacteria is also, uh, it's kind of like a, a superpower of bacteria, if you ask me. It, um, it can change uh, based on, um, say, if you're taking antibiotics, some of it can change and, and not be affected by the antibiotics, or it also grows in cycles. So it can lay dormant and then reemerge. So um, while it's really bad on our bodies, um, it's a pretty cool bacteria if you're into that. <laughs> yes, I could see where uh, just kind of scientifically it would be interesting. And um, I have a few friends who've been diagnosed with Lyme's disease, and it's usually, it's been, they almost had to struggle for years before they finally got diagnosed. It, it seems like it's very kind of elusive and hard to pin down, and it can present very differently. Um, but it, it really seems like a, a long-term health concern. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, interestingly, um, mine was not diagnosed for 18 months. And uh, while I was trying to figure out what was going on, my primary care doctor was actually prescribing the highest dosage of a um, of an antidepressant because I was uh, really just a stressed out mom of three. And um, in fact, uh, you know, I, yes, I was a, a stressed mom of three, but that wasn't the reason that, you know, the primary reason that my health was having a hard time. Mm. Oh, wow. And, and I think, um, I know you mentioned at, at some point you went through an incredibly difficult divorce. You were dealing with chronic stress, fatigue, you have the normal stuff of just being a mom, which is <laughs> stressful and exhausting, <laughs> even if you're in the best of health sometimes. Right. And then of course, Lyme's disease. So how do you kind of see all of these things maybe being connected or feeding off of one another in, in your life as a whole? Right. So the, the first time I treated um, the Lyme disease, uh, I was doing all the things, uh, working full time, taking care of my three busy kids, managing the household, uh, just feeling like I needed to do everything for everyone. And I wasn't good at asking for help. Um, and uh, I just really thought that I should be able to handle it all. And I also wanted to handle it all. I wanted to think that was part of how I, you know, loved my, my family was to just do whatever they needed. Uh, the Lyme disease did get better. Uh, but then when my marriage started falling apart, that just caused everything to reemerge and uh in many ways to kind of i would say be the the worst part of that whole 15 year period uh and so you know with the help of of doctors and medications and other kind of healthcare professionals um i definitely uh got much better uh i would say though that part of my recovery also uh is the result of uh, my second marriage, which is a much better relationship for me and just doesn't have near the stress that my first marriage had. And it's so crazy to me how stress and the way that our bodies hold stress and, and kind of interact with stress 
truly can either trigger kind of illnesses and diseases or um, kind of make them worse, exacerbate them. And so often I think we, when we kind of do that whole put my head down, I'm going to push through, like you say, this is my way of loving my family, of showing that I care, that I'm invested, you know, my, my working and, and serving. Oftentimes I think we don't even always recognize the impact that all of that stress is having, not yes. only on, on us, but even on our families and in our careers and in all of those different kind of elements. Very true. So um, prior to the interview, you had kind of mentioned that you needed so much strength and you, you kind of had three veins, right? Physical strength, emotional strength, and mental strength. Um, and I was curious which of those kind of types of strengths maybe tends to come the easiest to you or, or that you fall back on, and then which one is maybe a little more difficult for you to tap into or, or kind of keep in a healthy place. Right. Uh, the... At this point, my my metal, mental energy uh, comes the the easiest, and the physical energy is is more elusive. Uh, I think, you know, there's there's probably there's some deficits in my energy that are left over from the Lyme disease, mm-hmm. and uh, that's just kind of that's just the way that it is. But I, I love to learn, so my, uh, my mental energy uh, for the past couple of years and, and still right now is, is a tremendous uh, asset for me, mm-hmm. and my mind is pretty much ready and willing to go uh, as long as I have enough physical energy. Oh, that makes total sense. And yeah, I, I, would, I think I would feel similar that my mental strength and energy um, tends to be really high. And I think physically, like, even if I feel like I don't have the strength, like I will push and push and push, but sometimes kind of lacking that awareness of, of, you know, when to stop or when to kind of rejuvenate, when to rest. I think I'm probably better at (laughs) pushing than resting. (laughs) Right, right. um, And I think, you know, uh, if if we're coming from the standpoint for our family, you know, our kids of of wanting to do everything, one of the things we're we're not showing them as well is what it looks like when you need some quiet time or some recovery time, and so we we potentially miss an opportunity to kind of help them learn about that and and to tune into their own bodies. Oh, that is so true. That kind of leading by example. And, and I definitely think, yeah, when you exhibit self-care is important. Rest is important. Understanding your internal and personal boundaries is important. What an amazing message to send to the people who love you and specifically to your children. Yes. Yes. So on your website, uh, you say, figuring out how to reclaim some control and happiness starts with discovering how to take better care of yourself right now. So I'm, I would love to hear a little bit about how kind of that self-care and caring for yourself in the moment has played into your own personal development and journey. Sure. Uh, I, I really believe that we need enough mental, physical, and emotional energy to make the changes that we want in our lives. It's, it's actually a prerequisite. Um, I, I know we often, you know, we set goals, we want things to be different this next time around. 
if we don't have, you know, our sources of energy and our reserves built up a little bit, we've just uh, unintentionally, we've made it a lot harder on ourselves. So part of self-care to me is, is trying to do the best we can to at least plug any mental, physical, or emotional energy drains. I would also say that, you know, self-care is, is a journey for all of us, uh, myself included. It's not something we do and check it off one and done. It's, it's, it's a lifelong uh, adventure, so to speak, and there's always room for improvement. Um, one of the, I think, the ways that I've, you know, learned to make the biggest uh, or make a big impact on my self-care is learning to ask for help and then trust that it will be provided. Uh, that wasn't always the case in my first marriage, so I think that that contributed some to the, you know, I'm fine, I've got it covered, no worries. And uh, I, I had to learn how to ask for help, and I now know um, that I can trust that it will be provided. I also uh, have a partner who nicely sometimes helps monitor how much I'm taking on, and, and at least will just say, you know, don't overdo it, slow down a little, and uh, I, I find that helpful. Um, and then I was also going to say part of my, my growth in this area, you know, when I was, was sick and actively parenting three kids at home, I had to accept that I was doing the best that I could and that it had to be enough. So, you know, I, I showed up as the best mom I could be at that time, even though it was not the mom that I had imagined at all. Oh, I think that's so powerful and kind of giving yourself that freedom can really go a long way towards, like you say, kind of plugging some of those holes where you just have so much energy spilling out that's not getting replenished. Yes. So I'm, I'm really glad that you mentioned that. Um, and kind of speaking of, we're kind of plugging some of these, these holes and, and rejuvenating ourselves. Um, how do you kind of honor and respect your limitations, you know, whether that's physical or emotional, while also like pushing yourself to reach your full potential to achieve the next step in your journey. Because I think that's something that I, I find it hard to balance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, like, I think, like, you know, oh, I need a rest, I need a break, I'm going to kind of ease off, but then, well, maybe I'm not achieving what I could have, or maybe I'm kind of missing the boat, you know, over here. So how do you, you balance pushing for more while also resting and, and giving yourself a chance to kind of rejuvenate? Sure. It's a great question. Um, one, one of my health non-negotiables is sleep. So I make sure that I get uh, eight to nine hours uh, on most nights. For someone who's trying to build a business, it might be better if I didn't need so much sleep, <laughs> but I do. And, and so that's, it's just a non-negotiable. I also know that my best mental energy is in the morning and I plan my work based on around that if I can. 
Uh, and I, I don't work much in the evenings because by that time, both my mind and my body are pretty tired. And so it's, they're not performing as well as I need them to do. Uh, instead, I, I often work some on the weekends and, you know, I'm able to do that since again, my, my kids have, you know, launched from the house and, um, my husband also has his own business. So sometimes he's working on the weekends. Um, I will say, you know, your question about how hard do you push yourself? I, I definitely struggle with that. And I try to balance, you know, those feelings or those, those concerns with also, you know, trying to set appropriate expectations and taking it a little slower than I would have when I was younger. Um, when I, you know, was younger, I, I just used to, you know, I always wanted to beat my last best fitness moment. If I walked three miles, then I was never going to walk less than three miles again. I just put all of this pressure on myself to keep bettering my own records. And, you know, what I have to do now, and, and part of it is aging, is just get rid of all of those personal bests, so to speak, mm -hmm. and just really try to pay attention to how my body feels and, and is performing, or, you know, my mind or my emotions, and then push a little bit, and then monitor how long does it take me to recover. Um, because it, it, it may not be worth it to push super hard and then it takes two to three days to recover. might be better to back off on that pushing hard a little bit and maybe have it only take one day to recover. Hmm. I really like that idea of, of kind of taking into consideration, yeah, how hard you're going to push and how much time you're going to have to put aside to, as you say, recover or repair yourself from that. Um, right. I, I think that's a helpful tip. I like that. <laughs> um, when one particular area of your life maybe feels out of control or toxic or it's just really not going well, and maybe it is kind of a huge drain on your energy, it can impact everything else in your life, right? It's really hard to kind of keep that separate. And, and even the stress that it creates starts to spill over into everything that you're doing. What would you say to someone who maybe has that one area that just feels out of control and overwhelming right now? Right. The first thing I'd say is uh, I understand uh, how you're feeling and you're not alone. I, I think so often, you know, when we're, we have our heads down, we're pushing hard, we feel like uh, whatever we're experiencing uh, not many other people experience or there's something wrong with us that um, we can't quite manage or that we've let it get out of control. So the first, again, thing is that you're, you're not alone. I then, you know, suggest assessing if there are some places where you can improve your, your physical energy, such as sleep, water, healthy foods and, and movements uh, or, you know, movement throughout your day. I find that uh, addressing one of 
these things or making sure you're doing the best you can uh, on those factors is, is a great way to take some control and to restore some of the energy that you're losing to kind of that toxic or out of control area. So even if it's not uh, directly replacing the energy you're losing because of that toxicity, it's building up the physical energy, which I, I just think is, is a baseline for, you know, almost everything that we do. Uh, then I would suggest thinking about, um, are there instances in your past where you overcame a toxic or, or difficult circumstance? And, and what did you do at that time that was successful? What, what worked for you? And is it possible that any of those strategies could help you with the current situation? And then the last thing I would just say is that it's, it's really okay to get some support through tough circumstances. We all have them at one time or another. And, uh, you know, it can be a, a really smart decision to get some support. And it can also be efficient. It can actually get you to where you want to be sooner uh, through the support and accountability that, you know, working with someone uh, provides you. So it, it's okay, and, and it can be a smart decision. Yes, I definitely feel like when I was going through a really difficult time in my life, where it was kind of like my career and different things just putting so much pressure on me, it wasn't until I, I kind of got out of my own little bubble and started getting help um, in the form of counseling that I really started to kind of make some progress on that because I just got so trapped inside of it and it was really overwhelming and you think you're going to change something or you're going to get a different job or you're going to, you know, resolve this conflict issue, but you're so tired and overwhelmed and it's like you just can't make it happen. <laughs> and, yeah. and so I definitely think I like that idea of looking at how you've maybe handled some past issues trying to do things like sleep and rest and movement and food that can just give you a little bit of that extra um, strength to make it through. But, but really being comfortable seeking help is so important too, I think. Yep. Um, and, you know, it can be a, a tremendous learning experience. It can also equip you with some additional strategies or processes that you can use well into the future. So it, it doesn't also necessarily mean, well, all the, you know, the help I received was just about this particular situation. Um, it, it's things that you can carry into your future and into your relationships with people that you care about. Mm, yes, that's so good. So, Karen, I know that you had been a teacher for, for some years and you left education and actually became a coach uh, where you, you really focused more on this kind of health and wellness and helping people um, travel through some of these difficult things. So why do you feel that coaching and, and your work in coaching is so necessary in today's world? Well, uh, in today's world, you know, six out of 10 adults have at least one chronic health condition, oh. according to the CDC. 
working moms uh, have the equivalent of 2.5 jobs. Oh. And so, I know, not to make us feel discouraged or tired, but <laughs> that's, that's what's going on in today's world. And so I believe that the holistic approach and the support and accountability that uh, help individuals rebalance their well-being uh, is is just really necessary to to create the energy and intention that's needed to to go after a life that you love. Um, you know that we're we've at least in in this uh, in the, on the earth we have you know we have one life here and it's it's our responsibility even though it can be very hard and and overwhelming. It's, it's our job to really kind of make the life what we want it to be. Mm. Uh, and so I think health and wellness coaching can, uh, because of its holistic nature, can also just help people determine what they want and figure out how to get there. Yes, I love that. And, and I think the emphasis on holistic healing and wellness is, is so important. Um, those statistics you shared were <laughs> shocking and sad. <laughs> Um, yeah. So I, I definitely think, gosh, we've got to kind of be doing something in our lives to combat that or we're just going to get sucked into doing and doing and doing and going and going and going and, and being very dissatisfied and unhappy and stressed out people if we don't kind of take some steps to try and, and improve our health and our, and our wellness. Yes, I totally agree. Karen, if you could encourage our listeners with one piece of wisdom from your journey, what would you say to them? So I've already mentioned it it's some, but it is one of my greatest uh, lessons, which has just been to to learn to ask for what you need. Uh, it's It's really empowering to make a request of what you need and then to have it it provided. and And I think, What's happened for me is that it's, it's increased uh, my trust for myself and, and those that are, that are in my life. And uh, it's just really, it's really powerful. And it took me a lot of, a lot of time to learn it. But uh, I think women in particular, it would be great if they could just focus on their needs just a little bit more and, and ask for what they need. Ah, that is a wonderful piece of advice to leave us with. Karen, if you, uh, if people want to connect with you about your business or about life, how can they do that? Where will they find you? Sure. Uh, on my website at rebalance wellbeing, uh, all one word.com. And uh, want to mention if your listeners are interested, I do have a quiz on my site which will help uh, help you figure out where do you need the most help right now in terms mm -hmm. of your self care. And then after taking the quiz, you receive a customized guide that has uh, some simple strategies to use to uh, try and, and boost your self care efforts in that area. I'm also on Facebook at Rebalance Well and on Instagram at uh, Rebalance Wellbeing. Oh, that is wonderful. And I will put the links to those and the link to your um, 
quiz maybe even in the show notes so people can kind of connect with you and find you wherever you are on the internet. And Karen, it has been such a pleasure to talk with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. so much for having joined us here today. I hope you enjoyed listening to Karen's message. She was really fun to interview. You can find her on her sites. They are all listed in the show notes. You can find me on www.rorschachyoriani.com. I would love if you subscribed, if you were listening on Apple Podcast or Google Play, or you found me in Spotify or anywhere else. Uh, subscribe leave a rating and let me know what you're thinking.